And therein lies the challenge, building highways and roads and streets fast enough to keep up with the need. After World War II, the nation began developing a case of acute congestion that cost us millions of dollars a year in time, equipment, and lives. By 1956, there were more than 65 million cars on our roads. With 90 million forecast by 1975, clearly it was a time for national action. Congress responded with the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956, providing the staggering sum of $51 billion to be spent by the states on highway construction by 1971. The most talked about phase of the act is the interstate highway system, a 41,000 mile network of our most important roads. Most of these roads will be four, six, even eight lane expressways constructed for through traffic. They will take the over-the-road driver from city to city, coast to coast, at highway speeds, even through large population centers. Uh, Petrushka, 1911, and then uh, the Rite of Spring in 1913. Now, the first of these ballets to really show a heavy modernist content is not so much Firebird, but more the second of this troika here, Petrushka. It's modern because of the new... Perhaps most important of all, they will save lives, bringing about at least a 50% reduction in the death rate on major highways. State highway officials charged with the responsibility of designing and building the new highway system are actually planning into every mile all the factors that mean safety. Look in company store. While this renewal project seemed drastic for the time, it merely set the stage for Pittsburgh's future of a demolition and construction cycle that continued for another 60 uh, years. graduate of Montebello High School in California, and he was, uh, as Stephen mentioned, a high-altitude chamber specialist, uh, and he was trained at Gunther Air Force Base in uh, Alabama in the early 50s. Uh, he attended Long Beach State College and had a, a major in applied math. In 1943, Pittsburgh had become a heavily industrial city, producing much of the nation's steel and aiding U.S. defense efforts for World War II. A desire to revitalize the American... North American Aviation in Burbank, uh, California, Holland Radio at Newport Beach, Montebello Lockheed Missile and... Uh, and Montebello, sorry, California, Lockheed Missile and Space at Houston, Texas for NASA, and he worked on the Apollo 14 uh, simulator uh, in Houston. He's a retired uh, executive from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Has 25 years in computer and four years in, in the military service. He served your government and mine for 29 years. It's my great privilege to present to you Mr. Bill Kirkland. rented apartments to blacks. Blacks were saying, why shouldn't they have the opportunity to rent there in this aristocratic part of the city? West 99th and 98th Streets between Columbus Avenue and Central Park West became home to a community of musicians and writers. Arturo Schomburg lived on 99th Street along with James Weldon Johnson and Billy Holliday. Air Force Base, 
California. And while I was there, Eisenhower landed at Norton Air Force Base in San Bernardino. A friend of mine who went to the same school that I was was Ben Luth, and Ben went with the ambulance down to Norton to protect the Eisenhower train in case something went in, or a plane in case some accident took place. When he got back, I asked him, Ben, what happened? Texture here, disjointed uh, rhythms. And the second, second aspect of this uh, approach to modernism has something to do with the orchestration. There's a great deal more emphasis now on percussive effects. New instruments are added uh, to the orchestra. Instruments called the xylophone, the glockenspiel, the celesta. Adequate lighting at critical points. Easy to read highway signs. Modern electronic equipment, such as the type that turns on reduced speed signs in bad weather, or even removes ice from key spots automatically. Important, too, are such good maintenance practices as inexpensive full-scale items. The region of Pittsburgh, which encountered significant economic and social decline, is a collection of central historic neighborhoods known as the Hill District. With a large population of Haitian immigrants and descendants, the Hill District was once a bustling city center that revolved around African-American culture and the celebration of jazz music. Before World War II tensions began to show, this area was regarded as Little Harlem, due to the raging nightlife and jazz club scene that prevailed. An enigma, a kind of sphinx on the American land, one writer said. White people speak of their way of life with pride and affection. But one white man from Maryland, H.L. Mencken wrote, fundamentalism, Ku Klux revivals, lynchings, Ogwala politics, these are the things it always occurred to a northerner what he thinks of this. And it was, it, was, it was driven by political and economic factors in terms of the post-war period, in terms of demands for uh, greater economic development, but uh, also there was a kind of an implicit, uh, not just a civilian use, but an implicit military use in the interstate system. And it was no coincidence that the, the 1956 uh, Interstate Act was called the Federal Highways Act uh, and National Defence Act. So um, there was an implicit military use in terms of um, an efficient road transport system for moving troops either to the east coast or the west coast, which would have been important in the context of the Cold War. And also um, a, a much a less noted factor was the role it may have played for evacuating cities. East Liberty's bustling economy enabled the neighborhood citizens to have access to the most modern conveniences of the time, such as a system of streetcars which helped to move the people of Pittsburgh into the commercial center. This sustained consumer traffic made East Liberty the site of some of the first major department stores to open in Pittsburgh. These anchor stores operated alongside locally owned businesses to great success until the onset of the Second World War. By 1943, the Hill District had depreciated greatly from its former luster.
can see some of these percussion instruments, but basically they're just either sticks or pieces of metal bars that you beat with sticks, or in the case of the celesta, you activate with a keyboard. So we've got these two things here, sort of driving but irregular rhythms, and we also have this new approach to orchestration. So let's listen to a bit now of Igor Stravinsky's ballet of 1911, Petrushka. My parents were married in 29 West 99th Street, February 5th, 1914. They were eyes watching you. You could go down the street and you could count on my Aunt Dee being a top floor window looking out the window. I better not do nothing and by the time I got home my mother knew about it because somebody had told my mother. I really believe anybody that in West 99th, West 98th Street loved it and when we had to move we were just devastated. In 1949 President Truman signed the National Housing Act. Where the past is preserved in granite monuments that record a tragic and glorious history. But in Oxford, the past lives beyond images etched in stone. It survives in the memories and in the myths of its people. Yet Oxford is an ambitious community facing the promise and the problems of the 20th century. Perhaps Oxford can best be described by its mayor. A few notable points. The I-70, Interstate 70, or what, what is now Interstate 70 in Pennsylvania, uh, th that turnpike road was probably the first high-speed highway in the, the, the US, uh, built in the early 1940s. Also the I-78, um, Interstate 78, the Holland Tunnel in New York, that was built in 1928, and the I-495, the Queens to Manhattan Tunnel, again in New York, indicated the developing, or probably the more experimental uh, um, design of high-speed uh, uh, roads and also. Automatic readers are used to record the tapes received from the portable counters in the field. Information gathered from all the different studies is fed into a computer system. Here it is stored, sorted, analyzed, and finally organized into what we call a sufficiency rating book. We study all the areas that indicate a need for a new or expanded road. We project these needs 20 years into the future and only then recommend job priorities. Let's say we discover a pressing need to complete a new section of interstate highway. Also, the Michigan State Department, uh, they experimented with T-beams and bridges, although not on a widespread basis in the 1920s. And then, uh, so all these things, I suppose, were the kind of the embryonic start of the design and construction standards, which would, which would eventually be brought to full fruition in the interstate program from the 1950s and 60s onwards. Although it's interesting to note some of the older construction methods in the pre-war era, like uh, the use of shallow tr truss decks for bridges and also riveted plate girders for bridges, uh, they, 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 um, they, tend to, they probably fell out of favour in the, in, when the interstates were being constructed as they were found to be uh, limiting in terms of uh, buildability and also even design standards, etc. And yet the reality of a new highway programme can give rise to a chorus of interesting if not always accurate individual opinions. By the time they're done with the highway, it's already obsolete. We got no way of knowing if we're getting our money's worth. They drag the work out to make it last. 
There's no system. They build the roads wherever they feel like it. They never give one thought about marring the natural beauty of the land. And finally, there's the man who admits to the need of a new road, but says, There's not enough concern for the property owner. Build it somewhere else, not across my property. We should take a personal interest in roads, because the roads we travel on are our roads. Whether local or interstate, our roads and highways are built to meet our needs, to accommodate our patterns of living, and must continually be improved or expanded to keep pace with our population growth and mobility. Minimizing political objection against routing of the interstates, that was a challenge as well. So these were all construction risks. So the second team is engineering innovation, um, and this was, would have been the kind of the innovative design and construction standards that the that the, the interstate engineers used to address these construction risks. And the third team, which I'm going to just cover, which links all the, the interstate projects, is the, the relationship between engineering and society and how one influenced the other. He says, then headed off towards Palmdale towards Edward or Murrock, depending on how you want to look at it. That's the wrong way.
calculated and against which it can be uh, measured. So when the audience arrived, they're at the Théâtre Champs-Élysées, Théâtre Champs-Élysées in Paris. And that theater still is there. You can walk down the Avenue Montaigne. It's all where the Hermès is and Gucci and all of these fancy stores. It's there in Paris and go in and still hear concerts there. I've heard. Poverty and segregation became staples of Hill District life as state government worked to push through a plan for redevelopment. Work opportunities for blacks were limited by Pittsburgh's worsening steel industry and post-war racial tensions, while the undulating layout of the Hill District separated each neighborhood and crippled its society's ability to organize. The Hill District of Pittsburgh is probably one of the most outstanding examples in Pittsburgh of neighborhood deterioration. Approximately 90% of the buildings in the area are substandard and have long outlived their usefulness, and so there would be no social loss if they were all destroyed. Transportation on the nation's highways, roads, and streets is one of the most pressing problems facing highway engineers today. Most important is the immediate need to handle rapidly increasing traffic efficiently and safely. A highway must provide a different kind of service to the traveling public than a local road or a city street. A parade for to honor him was canceled. The President of the United States is entitled to full military honors at any base that he lands on. And that means a parade. Dr. Reiner asked me if I wanted to go to the parade and I said no. He said, okay, you're working. Well, the work schedule Eisenhower didn't show up. The parade didn't show up. So I just went to work like normal. But when I went there, there was a nurse who worked there that said, Kirkland, where's Dorsey? Dorsey Moore was the airman in charge of our little group. He wasn't an officer, he was an airman. And have caused the road to be classed as critical by Highway Commission sufficiency rating standards. The average motorist not only has to cope with the inadequacies of the road itself, but also encounters slow-moving vehicles which are difficult to pass. Towns along the route may be considered by some motorists as a welcome relief to the day's drive or by others as an interruption to their planned travel schedules. In either case, they must be particularly watchful for intersecting traffic at commercial entrances, driveways, city streets, and alleys. In a base where there's war conditions, regardless of where you're at, you're on 24-7. And I, if you leave your assigned spot, that's against the law, military law. So I asked the nurse who had asked the doctor if I could go out to the front and see him. She looked at the doctor and the doctor said no, so I didn't go. Nine o'clock, go for coffee. Coming back from coffee. Hill residents didn't like the idea of putting them out to make a place for white people to play. The Civic Arena means nothing to the Hill. You didn't hear anybody in the Crawford Row raving about going to see the Penguins play. They couldn't care less about going to see the Penguins play. Just as demolition was starting in the Hill District, the Urban Redevelopment Authority, which was working on the East Liberty Project, was faced with orders from elsewhere in City Hall to add low-income apartments to the proposed pedestrian plaza. These apartments, which came in the form of modernist high-rises, 
called for in order to accommodate the displaced residents of the Hill District, many of whom had settled just north of East Liberty in an area known as Homewood. With this new addition, the project was approved by the city and the construction began. This began with the removal of a portion of Pennsylvania Avenue, the major transportation artery which ran through the middle of East Liberty suddenly failing commercial districts. Generally, cultural historians to put their finger on the moment that constitutes the beginning of modernism, it would probably be this moment of the performance of the, of the Rite of Spring. How did Stravinsky create these radically new sounds? Well, he did so in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, we've, we've been talking before about this idea of irregular meters. Let's see how these play out. The music that you were just listening to, not the pitches, but the durations are up here. Black codes were established that declared slaves were not persons, but property. These chattels could not leave the plantation without authorization. They could not visit the homes of whites or free Negroes. And for those who had the courage or the foolishness to defy the code, there was the whipping post, branding, prison, or death. As the country moved toward war, white men had established a moral system to meet their needs. At the heart of it was a belief in the Negro's natural inferiority. Slavery was declared not only an economic, but a social good. South Carolina's governor said, It was mighty nice of you to return their explosives, Cap. Look, it's going to hit. Very perceptive, Bucky. Once again, I feel a wave of depression surging over me. All day I've had Bucky on my mind. What did you say, Cap? Huh? Oh, I was thinking of Bucky. Let's go, lad. Allie! Oh. A girl's voice. She must be in deadly danger. Stop struggling, lady. We don't like girl reporters. Oh, I'm not a reporter. I'm a special agent. Thanks for telling us. He suggested that they talk about the Nebraska football because the, you know everybody was they played in the Orange Bowl in, in '69 for the national champ championship and, and so uh, Nixon started his speech in Omaha. Omaha was Dad's idea about uh, about bringing up football and he also played in Tarkio uh, because he was a stocky person. He loved his football. But anyway, there's some other things here. Uh, so I've got the, some letters right here. I'm sure I'll find that one. Yeah, here's the one that uh, Dad, Mom and Dad wrote. Okay, it's uh, Auburn, Nebraska, October 26, 1989. Dear kids, it's beautiful fall here with the usual pumpkins up and down the main drag. Kids are getting excited. Your, your father and I are doing well. Heard from Helen, she said the grandchild came on time. You think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world. But then you read. It was books that taught me. The things that tormented me the most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who had ever been alive. Its 52 member departments of transportation have worked for decades in the development of building, constructing, and maintaining the system. Sixty years ago this week, President Eisenhower used this pen to sign the Interstate Act. We'll be commemorating that milestone 
through a series of social media updates, and you can follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Also in terms of the geometric alignment, the, the tunnel changed not only in the vertical, but also in the horizontal as, uh, uh, alignment as well. So it was quite complex in terms of a changing horizontal and vertical alignment. Uh, uh, um, in terms of the, the, the tunnel construction. It was an immersed tunnel uh, construction type and obviously this, this is one of the uh, units which was constructed uh, near the harbour and then sailed into place and sunk in place. And then that's just a picture of Fort McHenry Tunnel today. It handles over 120,000 um, vehicles per day and you can just see the old tunnel right beside the new tunnel there. So that's Fort McHenry Tunnel. Just some last few in interesting points about Interstate 95. The, um, just in terms of, I mentioned previously about the use of um, riveted plate girders for bridges. Well, these were largely replaced by continuous steel beam bridges in the post-war area because in terms of buildability and uh, speed. And Charlie said he can see out there from that pole over there. So why don't one of us go up the pole and see where the plane is? Well, I had my climbers on and I started to unbuckle them and was waiting to give them to the first volunteer. When someone said I should do it as people were used to seeing me up on the poles anyway. So I started up with my back to the sun, a safety measure, which also put my back to the runway where we thought his Connie was. Connie was a nickname for the big constellation the president flew. As I started up, some of the guys reminded me not to gawk and I heard them laugh. A few minutes later, I heard some shouting and some guys tarring a hangar roof. What you see is much bigger, cleaner, whiter, richer, safer than where you are. They collect the garbage. People obviously can pay their life insurance. The children look happy, safe. You're not. And you go back home. And it would seem then, of course, that it's an act of God, that this is true, that you belong where white people have put you. It is only since the Second World War that there's been a counter image in the world. And that image not come about through any legislation on the part of any American government, but through the fact that Africa was suddenly on the stage of the world and Africans had to be dealt with. By World War II, Eisenhower was commander of the Allied forces. In Europe, he saw how well-maintained and large highway networks, such as Germany's Autobahn, made military transport more efficient. Later, Eisenhower wrote, The old convoy had started me thinking about good, two-lane highways, but Germany had made me see the wisdom of broader ribbons across the land. By this point, most politicians agreed that a highway system was necessary because of uneven road quality and lack of a continuous interstate network. In the late 1940s, Congress selected highway routes, but due to controversy over funding, they did not designate a financing plan. Lyndon Baines Johnson in the Senate at that time put together a resolution that passed overwhelmingly in the Senate and in the House that we would go to war with Red China if they set a foot on Formosa. Eisenhower and Don Foster Dulles both said, we will use nuclear weapons if you red Chinese set, uh, invade Formosa. Formosa is still free, now called Taiwan. Is anybody at the mic yet? Anybody at the mic yet? Back there? I can't see myself. So uh, anyhow, uh, we finally figured out that 
13 Secret Service agents, and he only traveled with five. He kept five at the plantation, going in and out like he was there. And then he came down with a case of the sniffles and was not available for 33 hours. Uh, while he was having this severe case of the sniffles, he lands at Bill's Air Force Base, Holloman. He's there, we think, six or seven hours. Now, uh, he, he arrives back at Thomasville. They're having a big party. All the press for miles around have been invited by Secretary Humphrey to the Glen Everett Country Club in Thomasville, Georgia. Free booze, meal, entertainment, all the press in the, in the country. For miles around were at that party. Wouldn't have been a soul to see Ike land 25 miles north at Spencer Air Force Base when he came back in. Well, you've heard, well, you've heard the story. That's it. That's all there is. Um, Interstate construction lasted from 1956 to 1991 and expanded the highway system by 41,500 miles. Although interstates were originally intended for long-distance transportation, people began to use them for commuting. The 1956 Act unintentionally accommodated and encouraged a growing suburban lifestyle. In the early 20th century, there had been some suburbs just outside of cities, made possible by limited mass transit. After World War II, suburbs continued expanding due to a growing demand for housing. Developers mass-produced affordable single-family homes outside of cities. The newly extended network of highways made expansive suburbs more viable, because people could easily access cities for employment and commercial purposes while living farther away. A resident of Richfield, a Minneapolis suburb, in the 1960s said, The highways uh, have been a positive for Richfield because they put Richfield in a geographic position where these occasions came complete with all the trimmings, ribbon cuttings, pageantry, grandiloquence, and politics, motorcades, and stirring marches. They were enjoyed by almost everyone, yet these many people were celebrating more than the completion of a local road running from state line to state line or from one metropolitan area to the next. They were celebrating by bits and pieces the completion of the greatest network of highways ever built by man. That city's uh, in a melody, we tend to have a lot of rhythmic activity, which kind of activity that itself out as melody. But because the way uh, sound waves operate, we have these low sound waves taking a very long time to clear, taking a very long time to clear. The higher frequencies take a lot shorter time to clear. They're short sound waves. They clear very quickly. So we can hear a melody. We can hear a melody 
more clearly in this higher range. And therefore, there is always the tendency to have the bass play sort of long, low notes, because those sounds take a long time to clear, and melodies play faster rhythms, because those sounds clear quickly so we can hear. Bill was in a conversation in uh, Dr. Reiner's office. He said the president and the, the lieutenant colonel directly commander in chief. They weren't allowed to use the word president. Bill said, you mean the president, the commander in chief is the president, or whatever he said. In any case, they didn't want to use that word, although they had to acknowledge he was there and they knew it. Everybody at the base knew he was coming, including all the civilians. Eight or 9,000 people there. About 4,500 enlisted people and officers. And a complete air wing is there also. They all knew he was coming. But with their communications in those days, there was no way that they communicate that back to Thomasville, Georgia, and they really didn't care. So all he had to do was make sure he came in and out of Thomasville in secret. Because he had 30 international press, by the way, were cooling their hills, heels at the Scott Hotel, spinning uh, out the bar and everything else they could. And uh, Press Secretary Haggard came in and gave daily briefings about the world situation in, uh, in the Far East and the, and the evacuation of the Tashin Islands and the Komoi Matsu situation and so forth. Uh, and they thought Eisenhower was at a cottage uh, playing Scrabble and having hot toddies with Mamie. Bizarre and practically according to human laws unknown. Alas, it is not true. We are also mercenaries, dictators, murderers, liars. We are human too. What is crucial here is that unless we can manage to establish some kind of dialogue between those people whom I pretend has paid for the American dream and those other people who have not achieved it. And one of the worst if not the worst, slums in the entire city. Robert Moses. Condemning the West Village as a slum and the old cast iron district to the south as an obstacle to the free flow of traffic. By 1961, he had set in motion two immense federal initiatives. A vast urban renewal project that would level 14 entire blocks along Hudson Street in the village and an eight-lane elevated highway, one of his most cherished dreams, that would drive straight across the heart of Lower Manhattan, from the East River to the Hudson, destroying thousands of historic structures and displacing nearly 10,000 residents and workers. Calvin County Manager Jack Keyes, who I, I worked in under, he said, he said, uh, we're building the roads or the water mains or the houses for these communities, a lot of these communities themselves, so it's only proper that they have a say in the way it's, because when we move on or we're gone or we're gone on to the next job, they're the ones who are looking at them for the next, you know, 50 years or, or using them for the next 50 years. And uh, I think there's, um, there's a lot of knowledge that can be gained. There's a inter very interesting case of the construction of one of the more minor interstates in New York City, in one of the, the, the foothills the, through the Appalachian Mountains. And actually, um, the, the engineers built the, the pier uh, in, within a stream, right in the center of the stream. You're listening exercise 34, okay? So that was one of the big pieces, ones that you have just engaged. What else, please? Okay, Bach orchestral suite doesn't say which one, doesn't matter. What else? 
Yeah, that's good. Till Eulenspiegel's Merry Pranks. That's another one of these tone poems like Zarathustra and like Death and Transfiguration by Strauss. And there was also um, a, a pianist there. And what did she perform? O Olga Samarov? Yeah, the Greek piano concerto. But no music by Mahler, because in his uh, day, uh, Mahler was thought to really be more of a conductor, uh, conductor than he was a uh, composer. We'll come back to that point in a minute. The second time that Mahler came to New Haven was the next year, 1911. Uh, that's where you go. So we were fortunate. We went there and stayed there. And uh, my wife was pregnant with my, our Seth, actually the second child. And uh, I says, they can't send me overseas. Let's just stay in the uh, next year and then we'll get out. So that's what we did. Uh, while I was out in Indiana, my job was loading and uh, Ask the small town merchant. Our town has a population of 4,002, except on weekends. On Friday night and Saturday, congestion hits our main arteries like a heart attack. But customers pass us by if they can't find a place to stop. What rings up store sales today is parking space. It's as important to volume as shelf space and display windows. Best investment a town can make. Lots of parking. In small town and suburb, in cities of all sizes, the situation is the same. All snarled up. The best investment has yet to be made. Ask Mrs. America. It, it went right through the heart of this community. And that happened in most urban areas around the country. Low-income neighborhoods also endured long-term consequences of highway construction. Banks limited or denied financial services to residents of undesirable areas due to racial prejudice and expectations that investments would not be profitable. This process, known as redlining, continued for decades. Disinvestment in the form of redlining affected larger portions of cities after highways were built, as the concentration of low-income residents rose. Without investment in the form of loans or insurance, neighborhoods were unable to develop, contributing to economic decay.